For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Passover in John chapter 6. This is part 2 of the series. The book From Exile to Redemption by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, he makes this commentary that the Messiah will seek the lost sheep of the house of Jacob. The Midrash relates that when Moshe Rabbeinu noticed one day that a lamb had run away from the flock and had strayed in the wilderness, he left the flock and ran after it in order to bring it back. From this, we can learn how meaningful every Jew, or biblically we should read that, everyone that's in covenant relationship with the God of Israel, is in the eyes of Moshe Rabbeinu, even if he is a Jew who has run away from the flock. And since the first Redeemer, that is Moshe, is also the last Redeemer, that is the Messiah, it is clear that what is true of Moshe is likewise true of the Messiah. With that context, look at what it says in Mark chapter 6 verse 34, which is a parallel text to John chapter 6. And it says in Yeshua when he came out saw much people. And if you look that up in the Greek, it's the same Greek word that's translated as multitude in other places. He saw the multitude, which is a reference to the exiles in the nations. He was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. This is exactly the Hebraic understanding of the role and task of the Messiah. Now in John chapter 6 verse 2, it says in a great multitude followed him. That's a prophecy. History is prophecy. That is a prophecy that non-Jews from the nations would follow the Messiah. They're being referenced here as being the multitude. Because they saw his miracles, which he did on them, that were diseased. Going back to Torah, what is the definition of the disease that comes upon the exiles of Israel? Well, the disease comes about by breaking the covenant and not following Torah. In Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 15 it says, But it shall come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all of his commandments and his statutes which I command you this day, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Moreover, he will bring upon you 
all the diseases of Egypt, which you was afraid of, and they shall cleave unto you. Also, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 61, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this Torah, them will the Lord bring upon you until you be destroyed. The penalty for breaking the covenant is to suffer sickness and disease. Breaking the Torah not only brings about sickness and disease, but the penalty is exile in the nation. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 49, and then verse 64, And the Lord shall bring a nation against you you from afar from the end of the earth as swift as the eagle flies a nation whose tongue you shall not understand and the Lord will scatter you among all people from one end of the earth even unto the other and you will serve other gods which neither you nor your fathers have known even wooden stones the penalty is to be scattered among all people from one end of the earth even to the other Messiah is the one who comes and he heals the disease the exiles of of Israel. Ezekiel 34 verse 11, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. In Ezekiel 34 verse 16 it says, And I will seek that which was lost. I will bring again that which was driven away. And I will bind up that which was broken. And I will strengthen that which was sick. How do the sick get strengthened? They get taught Torah and their sins get forgiven. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. In John chapter 6 verse 3, it says, And Yeshua went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Notice he's going up to a mountain, and he's sitting with his disciples. What is the meaning of this? Torah is taught from a mountain. In Exodus chapter 19 verse 3, Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. In Isaiah chapter 2 verse 3 it says, And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. What's being done on this mountain? He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So when they were up on a mountain, it is a prophetic picture of teaching them Torah. The setting of John chapter 6 is Passover. John chapter 6 verse 4. In the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. And what follows next is the miracle feeding of the multitude with five loaves and two fishes. John chapter 6 verse 5 and then verses 8 and 9 says, When Yeshua then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company, in Greek that's the same word that's translated elsewhere as multitude. When he saw the multitudes, which is an imagery of the exile scattered in the nations, came unto him, he says to Philip, where will we buy bread that these may eat? And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, said, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? What is the meaning of the five barley loaves? Well, the five barley loaves, or the five loaves of bread, personifies or represents the five books of the Torah. Then, what is the meaning of the two fish? The two fish are going to represent the exiles of Israel, Ephraim and Judah, 
scattered into the nations of the world. We can see this because the end result is 12 baskets, the full regathering of both houses of Israel. Ephraim is likened unto a fish that multiplies in the earth. In Genesis chapter 48 verse 16 it says the angel which redeemed me from all evil blessed the lad and let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and the King James says let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. But the word that's translated as grow is the Strong's word 1711. It's the Hebrew word dagah. And in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 it says and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. The word fish in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 is the Strong's number 1710. It's the Hebrew word daga. It's the same word. So actually what it says in Genesis 48:16, let them multiply as fish in the earth. Well it doesn't make human reasoning sense that fish multiply in land. They multiply in water. So they didn't translate the text literally Literally, but the text literally says that Ephraim in being a multitude of people, they're likened unto fish. There's a prophecy that fishermen are going to be sent to the exiles of Israel. What do fishermen do? They try to catch fish. So in Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 14 through 16, it says, Therefore, behold, the days come, says the Lord, that it will no more be said, The Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives that brought the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he's driven them. So we're talking about the exiles being gathered. And I will bring them them again into their land that I gave to their fathers. Behold, how is this going to be done? How are they going to be gathered? Here's how it's going to happen. I will send for many fishers, says the Lord, and they will fish for them. The fishermen are the good guys. The hunters are the bad guys. And Matthew chapter 4 verse 19, Messiah says to his disciples, follow me. If you follow me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Because if you truly follow me, there's a problem that needs to be solved. Is That is, my people's been scattered in the nations of the world. I'm going to come and die on the tree to forgive them of their sins. But they need to understand that I'm the Messiah. They need to accept the forgiveness of their sins that I offer them. And they need to be taught Torah. That's the Great Commission. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Sitting down is a Hebraic idiom that means teach them Torah. In John chapter 6 verse 10, Yeshua said, make the men sit down. That means teach them Torah. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Torah is idiomatically learned at the feet of your teacher. In Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 3 it says, Yea, he loved the people, all his saints are in your hand, and they sat down at your feet, everyone shall receive of your words. How they receiving of your words? By sitting down at your feet. John chapter 6 verse 3, And Yeshua went up unto a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Acts chapter 22 verse 3, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Sicilia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel and taught at the feet and taught according to the perfect manner of the Torah of our fathers. The multitude were seated in groups of people. The parallel passage to John in chapter 6, which is found in Mark chapter 6, 
it is written. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. This is an allusion and a reference back to what happened when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. As we are told in Exodus chapter 18 verses 19 and 20 and verse 25. Hearken now unto my voice and I will give you counsel and God shall be with you. Be thou for the people to Godward that you may bring the causes unto God. And you shall teach them ordinances and laws and show them the way that they must walk and the work that they must do. How we got to teach them the ways that they should walk. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. How is Messiah instructing to teach the multitude? In groups of hundreds and fifties and tens. Just as what happened historically when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Grass represents the world, the world system, the earth. In John chapter 10 verse 6, Yeshua said, make the men sit down, teach them Torah. Now there was much grass in the place. In other words, they're exiled in the nations. They're without Torah. They're in the field. The field's a reference to being without Torah and it's in the field where grass grows. The men sat down about 5,000. In Isaiah chapter 40 verse 6, the voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? Cry this. All flesh is grass. Grass is likened unto flesh, which is the world and the world's system. And all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. Grass is likened unto field, fields likened unto the world. What happens next is Messiah distributes the bread. John chapter 6 verse 11, Yeshua took the loaves. What does the loaves represent? The Torah. And when he had given thanks, you thank the God of Israel for giving you his Torah. He distributed it to his disciples, meaning he taught them Torah and the disciples to them that were set down. Messiah is given the pattern. I'm going to teach you Torah. Now you are to take the Torah that I'm teaching you and you teach the multitude. And likewise of the fishes as much as they want. Teach them as much Torah as they are willing to listen. John chapter 6 verse 12, when they were filled, when they had been taught Torah, he said unto them, gather up the fragment that remains so that nothing is lost. What's the meaning of gathering? Well, gathering is bringing back the exiles of Israel. The exiles of Israel are called fragment, or a fragment is a remnant. The prophecies are that when the exiles of Israel are gathered, that a remnant of Jacob will return. Psalm 147 verse 2, it says, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. You're to gather up the fragments in John chapter 6 verse 12. Isaiah chapter 56 verse 8, The Lord God which gathers the outcasts of Israel says, Yet why gather others to him besides those that are gathered unto him. So once again, the fragments represent the remnant of Israel. Isaiah chapter 10 verses 21 and 22 says, The remnant shall return, even the remnant of Jacob unto the mighty God. For though your people Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. The consumption decreed shall overflow with righteousness. In other words, they're going to be taught Torah. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 16. 
And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria. Those who are left from the Assyrian captivity, which was the inauguration of the exiles of the northern kingdom. Like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. The remnant returning is like as it was in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. Jeremiah 23 verse 3. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I've driven them and I will bring them again to their fold and they shall be fruitful and increase. So in gathering the fragments it said gather so that none is lost. This is an allusion to the northern kingdom or Ephraim who were assimilated in the nations and quote unquote were referred to as being lost. Assimilated lost. In other words their identity became unknown after so many generations ended up intermarrying. In Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 11 it says for thus says the Lord God behold I even I will both search my sheep and seek them out. I will seek that which was lost. That's a reference to Ephraim and the nations and bring again that which was driven away they were driven away because they weren't taught Torah and I will bind up that which was broken and I will strengthen that which was sick I will teach them Torah Ephraim is regarded as being lost or actually assimilated into the nation Hosea chapter 1 verse 2 and verse 4 is the prophecy regarding this it says the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea and the Lord said to Hosea go take unto you a wife of whoredom and children of whoredoms for the land has committed great whoredoms departing from the Lord. In other words, they didn't follow Torah. And Hosea 1.4, the Lord said unto him, call his name Jezreel. Hosea and Gomer have a, a child. They're to name the child Jezreel. Jezreel means God will sow or God will scatter. The prophecy of the judgment is to be scattered into the nations. Hosea chapter 7 verse 8 says, Ephraim has mixed himself among the people, intermingled. Ephraim is a cake not turned. In Micah chapter 5 verse 7 it says, And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people as dew from the Lord, and as the showers upon the grass that tarries not for man, nor waits for the sons of men. Ultimately what gets gathered are twelve baskets. These twelve baskets represent the gathering of the twelve tribes of Israel. In John John chapter 6 verse 13 it says therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves the remnant of Israel who will return who are taught Torah are going to be those who are members from all the 12 tribes which remained over and above unto them that had eaten now in the book from exile to redemption Rabbi Schneerson points out that the Hebrew letters of the name Moshe plus the Hebrew letters of the word Achad are numerically equivalent to the letters of the word Mashiach. How is that so? Well, we have Moshe down here, which consists of a mem, a shin, and a hey. Mem has the numerical value in Hebrew of 40. Shin has a numerical value of 300. A hey has a numerical value of 5. The numerical value of Moshe's name is 345. Achad in Hebrew has a numerical value of 13. Achad is Aleph, Chet, and Dalit. Aleph has a numerical value of 
of a 1. Het has a numerical value of 8. Dalit has a numerical value of 4. So the numerical value of a chad is 13. If we add Moshe plus a chad, we have 358, which is the numerical equivalent of Moshiach. Moshiach is Mem, Shin, Yod, Chet. Mem is 40. Shin is 300. Yod is 10. Chet is 8. It equals 358. Notice the equivalency is going to communicate to us the role and the function of the Messiah. Moshe personifies the Torah. Ahad personifies the regathering and the unification of all Israel. Messiah's role is to gather the exiles of Israel, Ahad, plus teach them Torah, Moshe. Messiah is seen as being the greater Moses. He's greater than Moses. In the book From Exile to Redemption, Rebbe Schneerson writes, Mashiach has a certain superiority even over Moshe Rabbeinu. On the phrase at the beginning of the Torah in Genesis chapter 1, in the spirit of God hovered, the sages teach this alludes to the spirit of King Mashiach. That verse continues over the surface of the waters. This intimidates a level higher than that of Moshe, who was so called because from the water I drew him. Moshe was called out of the water. Mashiach hovered over the waters. He's greater than Moshe. In the Midrash, and the sources here are Midrash Tenhuma on the conclusion of Parashat Todot, and Yahut Shamoni on Yeshayahu Remez 476, the Mashiach is said to be greater than Moses. What Moses did, Mashiach's got to do, but on a greater and a larger scale. In John chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Yeshua did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that would come into the world. Well, that prophet is referred to in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up unto you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brethren, like unto me, unto him you shall hearken. This is being referenced in Acts chapter 3, verses 20 and 22. Here we can see that Deuteronomy 18, verse 15 is speaking about the Messiah. Acts 3, verse 20. And he will send Yeshua HaMashiach, which before was preached unto you. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. Historically, Moses showed dominion over the seed. Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 and verse 21 And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. Notice that the parting came about by a strong east wind. This is a reference to the Messiah who is likened unto the east wind. John chapter 6 verses 16 through 19 in the setting of Passover Yeshua the greater Moses shows dominion over the sea and when evening was now come his disciples went down under the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum and it was now dark and Yeshua was not come to them and the sea arose by reason 
reason of the great wind that blew. And when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Yeshua walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. The sea is seen as being the domain of Pharaoh. Messiah has dominion over the sea. He has dominion over the world, the world system, the leaders of the world. Ezekiel chapter 29 verses 2 and 3. Son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak and say, thus says the Lord God. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, the Passover in John chapter 6. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.